0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy
1: Weiner. Hello everybody, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And today I am really excited to be speaking with psychologist, author, speaker, podcast host Valerie Baker about something that she calls PSD or Patriarchy Stress Disorder and how it's sabotaging women's love life. I was a guest on her show and she got me to speak about a lot lot of deep stuff, so I'm really excited to have her on my show. And before I bring her on, I just wanted to... Talk about the women of value movement. This is—I'm um, actually—I have my web guy working on the website as we speak. I am so excited to be launching this new website called The Woman of Value. The cornerstone of the work that I've been doing to help people find love has been really to find value within themselves first. And I see too many women giving up on the things that are important to them. I mean, in my Facebook group, and I'll talk about that in a minute, I see women who tolerate inexcusable behavior from men all the time. And when we learn to honor and value ourselves first and take care of our needs, whether we're in a relationship or not, the first relationship we have to have is with ourselves. And so the Woman of Value movement is going to take that even further, and it's not going to just be for dating anymore. It's going to be about valuing yourself in life, love, and work. And I am also planning the Woman of Value retreat. We just came up with a date in the spring for it, and I'm finding the location. Super excited, and I'll keep you guys posted. So every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, and this week's tip is practice saying no. No is a complete sentence. And a a lot of people have trouble saying no. And it's so important when somebody is stepping on a value, when your needs are not going to be met because you're saying no to something that you really don't want to do and you feel bad because you want to be nice and you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, in the end you're hurting yourself by saying yes to something that you want to say no to. So I want you to just practice when you feel it's a no, say no. And if you feel like it's a maybe no, give yourself 24 hours. I like to say, can I get back to you the next day? Um, I need to think about that because sometimes if you're so used to that auto yes, you need to put a little break in there and give yourself a pause. So practice saying no. That will help you step into your value. And before I bring on Dr. Valerie Baker, I wanted to invite whoever is not yet a member of my Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, don't forget the your, please join us there. It is a group of support for women over 40. The conversation there is positive. It is supportive. There is no man bashing allowed. We are heavily monitored. I have my beautiful monitors who monitor, monitor every single day of the week. And we are now about 2,700 women strong. And we need monitors to make sure that we start to shift how we see dating and we see our own value. And so if you want to come to a place where you get that support and it's really an awesome group, join us at your last first date. All right. So now for Dr. Valerie Baker, she is a psychologist, an author, and a speaker. She pioneered healing patriarchy stress disorder, or what she calls PSD, and it's the trauma of thousands of years of oppression that are imprinted in women's DNA. She calls PSD the invisible inner prison that keeps women from experiencing their ultimate success and happiness. In over 20,000 hours of work as a therapist and coach to successful women, Dr. Valerie has guided thousands of women's PSD jailbreaks. She helps high achieving women who are sick and tired of sacrificing, sacrificing their health, sanity, and love life to heal PSD so they can finally marry their professional and personal success and happiness and fully enjoy it. I love that. Welcome to the show, Valerie. Thank you so much for the warm welcome, and thank you for having me, Sandy. I'm delighted. Oh, it's a pleasure. You're an amazing host, and I really love being on your show. I can't wait for it to air and share it with my audience. Thank you, too. You're an amazing Mm.
0: guest and an amazing host. I'm so looking forward to continuing our conversation um, on your radio Yeah, so
1: thank you. Well, so you're on the other side this time, and I would love to know how you came to discover this p s d or patriarchy stress disorder
0: so it's it's a really curious thing because i've been a therapist for many years, and i've been specialising in working with trauma but in the in the schooling traditional schooling of psychology, you know there's no conversation at this point, hopefully soon about uh, the collective trauma of oppression and how it manifests and so it wasn't on my radar at all so i was helping my clients heal their traumas they were making amazing transformations and i wasn't helping myself because i didn't think that i had trauma <laughs> mm-hmm. i i just didn't just didn't think to look there and what happened for me was that i hit a point where I realized um, that through a series of crises, really there was a health crisis that was, that was turning 40 where I I had to take a hard look at my life and face the hard facts that I had been a dead woman walking in my relationship, in my marriage of many years. And it was a very difficult choice to um, separate and, After I separated, I I made another bold choice of declaring my non-negotiables in a partner. And that's why I'm saying it was a bold choice, because my non-negotiables, based on my previous experience, were so out there. Like my (laughs) conscious mind was screaming, it doesn't exist. And I said, I'm okay with that. That's fine. I'm just not going to settle for anything less." After having been settling for many, many years, I wasn't going to do it again. And then I I met my ideal partner. I haven't been on a single date, Sandy. I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't looking. But he and I met um, following our passions. So my discovery was that after – having met a man who checked off all the boxes of my non-negotiables and then brought so, something so much better to the table, I started mm. noticing that it was like running into an invisible electric sense in terms of receiving all this goodness. Being adored, being admired like a goddess. Like there was something deep in me that was freaking out. It was so <laughs> outside of my, oh, oh, outside of my frames of reference my mother's relationship or my grandmother's or anybody I knew at all and that's wow. what made me consider because you know I, I do have a pretty scientific mind you know I did my research uh, research transformation so I'm always curious about like what's going on and so I looked at my own journey and I started questioning really hard what was it that kept me from claiming my birthright of having it so good what is getting in the way of me experiencing fully something that's so good. And then I received this, um, call it a divine download, or somehow this came through Mm -hmm. about patriarchy stress disorder, that it is a legitimate trauma. And what I know about trauma, what we know about trauma, is that it's something that shatters our experience of wholeness, and creates adaptations or defenses that uh, ensure our safety. And so with the trauma of oppression, it's never been safe for a woman to be in her pleasure. It's never been safe for a woman to assert her power or her worth or even be aware of her worth. It's never been safe for a woman to claim her success, her happiness, it's never been safe. And so after I started seeing this as a legitimate trauma and healing it with the tools of psychology, biology, and spirituality, I started feeling those invisible uh, electric fences depower and possibilities open up for what I call the game of how good can it get.
1: Mm. Uh, You know, it's, it's interesting that you say this Because, I mean, so many parts of your story uh, resonate for me, as I said to you when you were interviewing me, Mm -hmm. and we were sharing how we had similar experiences, and that it doesn't exist is so common. And that's why I married my husband, because I had already given up on whether it existed or not. And Mm -hmm. I think so many women are in that space of, well, I can't find it, so it doesn't exist. Yeah. what you have shown is that it exists, but we have to get some of this other stuff out of the way first to to be able to receive it. We receive do, it and, and
0: right, yeah, and being conscious about why we make certain choices. Because uh, in retrospect, once I looked at my choices through the lens of trauma, I understood very clearly why I married my husband, because he was safe, he was a good mm-hmm. man, and. Uh, my subconscious was like, yeah, I feel safe with him. And that was my primary value subconsciously. For all of us biologically, safety comes first. And unless mm-hmm. we look at our trauma and heal, if we start asking ourselves this, this uncomfortable question about how I'm making my choices, we may discover that a lot of choices are safety-based based in dating, in business, in what we how we show up in the world, and it's, um, it's painful at first to realize that, but it empowers us to then, okay, all right, how can I create this safety in a way that allows me to make conscious choices from a place of desire and live my mm. life by design versus by safety
1: default? Mm. I like that. So safety plus desire and living by design. I, yeah. I, that has been such a beautiful way of taking what what is a primary psychological need because it is, uh, you know, women do need to feel safe. And mm-hmm. I think that knowing that there's something possible beyond safety, that just staying safe actually keeps you small and it keeps you mm-hmm. from the life that you can have. Um, mm-hmm. And so... I'd love to hear your definition of desire. Hmm. Desire to me is something
0: really embodied, it's something that turns you on. It doesn't need to be a sexual desire in nature to turn you on. But when something that you really want, it turns you on, makes you feel alive, makes you feel juicy, makes you feel like bubbly inside, right? I guess the best way I can describe Mm -hmm. it is through embodied sensations. And the opposite of that would be thinking that, oh, I should do something, check this box, but feeling kind of a little bit dead inside. Like I I felt Mm -hmm. like a dead woman walking, but I didn't know it Mm -hmm. because I just drowned it in the work, in other addictive behaviors, numbing out with A little bit of too much food, a little bit too much wine,
1: a little bit of too much,
0: um, (laughs) you know, Netflix or shopping. But these are all signs that I wasn't in touch with my desire. And Mm. there is really nothing more dangerous to the patriarchal status quo than a woman who is in touch with her desire. So PSD, that that trauma, the defenses around it, are set up very efficiently with our desire. It doesn't feel safe to go there. And when I was very unhappy, I was creating all sorts of stories in my mind about how my life was actually very good from the looks of it. And other people's lives were so much worse. I didn't have a right to complain And this is something that I hear from my clients who are suffering, Mm -hmm. but they they feel guilty because they feel they have no right to complain. Their lives are, quote-unquote, good. They're successful, they're in a relationship, or if they're single, they're still, you know, successful, they appreciate the life that they have. So this is just a long answer to your question about desire, is that sometimes before we become aware of our desire, we become aware of our defenses around the desire, something that blocks us from connecting with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Be the story in the mind or behavior such as addictive behavior, these are all serving that function from, uh, to block you from connecting with your truth.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of people are afraid to go there. Um, yeah. You know, it's, um, it's scary. It's like I, I don't want to see it or I don't want to know yeah. what's possible.
0: Yeah, because um, then, then it's, you cannot unlearn what you've learned. I and mean, You need to make some changes, and that's
1: scary. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's like this big open space, like I've never been there before. But exactly. here's the thing, though. You said something before about, about the patriarchy, and when women are in their desire um, and coming from that place, and what I've seen, especially dating at this stage in my life, and I'm 62 now, that the men who I meet who are attracted to me are really attracted to that aliveness in me. They like, mm-hmm. they like seeing a woman yeah. who's connected to her desire and connected to her, her passions. And it's, it's really what I teach is mm-hmm. to have women share that on a first date instead of, instead of a whole bunch of thoughts and ideas, because that's where most of us Mm -hmm. live, in the land of thoughts and ideas, Um, but to really get connected Mm -hmm. to our hearts. Um, So, can you speak to that, like how, I mean, we're kind of jumping around here a little bit, but how how would you suggest that women begin to heal from PTSD? Well,
0: that connection with the heart, and uh, with other embodied centers of our our, um, our being, with our feminine centers, with uh, the centers of expression, and by centers I'm referring to, you know, chakras or energy centers or you know your, whatever is at your core energetically, right? As an embodied human being, versus like you said in the head, in the stories, in the idea realm where we like to hang out. So, uh-huh. and once you start going there, chances are that you will discover that it's challenging. It's challenging to get into your body. It's challenging because our culture has trained us not to go there, and um, and and trauma is embodied. So when I talk about PTSD, I talk about ancestral trauma that we've inherited in our DNA, and there is all this exciting scientific evidence about how DNA changes or how trauma changes the DNA and how the DNA passes on the memories, the memories of oppression, the memories of deprivation, the memories of whatever our ancestors inherited. But there is a layer of trauma that we also experience in this lifetime. And it doesn't have to involve uh, a violent, life-threatening experience sometimes it's the glare, sometimes it's unwanted sexual attention, sometimes it's just being aware that it's unsafe to be a woman in the world. It's unsafe mm-hmm. psychologically, the way we're com- constantly, you know, under attack and bombarded by these hostile images, to just walking walking home in the evening or taking an Uber and, and always feeling unsafe, right? There's always that, that risk. So whenever you you attempt to go and embody it, it's, it's not going to be all that easy. But what you'll encounter are defenses. And uh, so I have a five-step system, which I call a jailbreak system from this invisible uh, prison of PSD. And really the first step is realizing we're all making this first step right now together. We're realizing that there is an invisible in the prison that we were born into, where the walls are made out of this trauma, plus our personal trauma is layered on top of that. And it's not our fault that we haven't been able to achieve whatever personal development or career goals or, or relationship goals we haven't been able to achieve if something has been holding us back. And then the second mm. step is looking at defenses that I uh, refer to as prison guards, being our safely imprisoned, and those defenses that prevent us from going fully into our body, into our desire, into our power, into a place of vulnerability, excitement, and connection, right? That's how it relates to relationships. We cannot form mm-hmm. a genuine connection from the mind. <laughs> we need to be mm-hmm. embodied. And that also excites our partner, of course. And that's a whole different story of how it plays out in relationships because her trauma gets triggered, his trauma gets triggered and together uh-huh. it's a whole <laughs> a whole glorious mess but also opportunities (laughs) for for healing if we look at them that way. Mm -hmm. And then the third step in my system is befriending these prison guards. So the prison guards or defensive manifest as stories in the mind, as health expressions, even, you know, fatigue. Uh, A lot of women I work with, they, they, they they tend to be successful, accomplished women. And most of them have hormonal imbalances, they suffer from adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, unwanted weight gain, uh, et cetera, for all these stress-related conditions. And something that PSD is directly related to is keeping us in a high level of stress because that's, that's a defense that the nervous system develops in response to trauma. So we're constantly stressed, but we don't know it because it feels normal. But this mm-hmm. is stress addiction, work addiction, all that stuff is also a defense. And then in behavior some addictive behaviors show up, distractions. And in a relationship, defenses show up as, you know, think, fight, flight, freeze. In an okay. argument, we may escalate, get angry, and, um, you know, say a lot of things we don't mean. Uh, we can stonewall. Um, mm-hmm. We can just disconnect and uh, these are all ways it's not just like quote-unquote like I don't know unwelcome behavior whatever it's it's really our ways of protecting ourselves and when we get to know them as defenses and we get to know our partners defenses then we can start befriending them thanking them for what they do for us and in the third step of my system we actually get that energy that right now we have invested in defenses and we get it back and we can reinvest it into our relationship, into our self-care, into our whatever we need to really thrive. And then in the steps four and five, we do deep trauma healings. Now that the defenses, we know how to work with them. We dig the tunnel, we go into different layers of trauma, and we emerge on the op- opposite side. We emerge on the outside uh, of this invisible in the prison, and that's where we create thriving relationships, thriving businesses, our work in the world, um, blossoms, because this is where we're no longer constricted by the walls of the invisible prison, and we operate outside of the existing blueprints. And uh, that's a very exciting transition. And um, I invite our listeners to just start by just learning more about where they are. I, I have a free audio training set up at psdandme.com. P-S-D-S-P-A-T-R-I-A-C-H-I-N-D-E-S-O-T-A-N-D-E-S-O-T-A-N-D-E-S-O-T-A-N-D-E-S-O-T-A-N-D-E-S-O-T-A-N-D-E-S-O-T-C-O-M. And all you need to do is just go there and enter your email address and you'll receive that free audio training. And that's a great first first step on the journey.:
1: Awesome. Um, so they go through this jailbreak, which sounds amazing. So they have the awareness, they look at the defenses, they start to befriend those defenses, and then go, then comes the deeper healing, right? Yeah, mhm, um, which sounds amazing, I think. I would love for you to speak to the word trauma for a minute because I think for a lot of people they think of trauma as rape incest, you know, some really big, horrible things uh, the death of a parent but trauma can be many things and I would love to hear from you tell me about trauma and how that manifests Mm -hmm. That's a brilliant
0: question Sandy, thank you for going there and so Um, imagine that you start your life, let's forget about ancestral trauma for a moment. Let's imagine that we start our life as a clean slate, like we've inherited nothing, and we're fully starting our life as an authentic being. We don't have any defenses. We're just open. We're authentic. We're expressing fully. And then something happens. Somebody yells at us. Somebody shames us. Big source of trauma. For who we are. And we learn, oh, I guess I'm not okay. And I need to hide that piece of myself that's not okay. And Mm. I need to kind of pretend it's not there. So this is trauma. Anything that interrupts our authentic expression and makes us create defenses that are not authentic to restore safety. So now we learned it's not safe to be in the world as we are and we need to not be as we are, not to shine Mm -hmm. too brightly, not to be too sexy, um, but be attractive enough, but not too much. And all Mm -hmm. all these things, all these contortions that the patriarchal culture puts women through Um, this unwinnable game and deep down inside the the very, very core trauma of PSD, the very, very, very core of it is the trauma of worthlessness. I know this will Mm -hmm. speak directly to the work that you're doing with women on Mm -hmm. helping them reclaim their value. Uh, This is, this is the core philosophy of patriarchy that a woman's life a woman's opinion, a woman's needs uh, a woman's power a woman's body is not as valuable as a man's period, end of story, it's not as valuable as a man's and deep down inside, Mm -hmm. although we are, we may be feminists and we may be thinking the right things, we may be confident we may be saying the right things, but deep down inside, there is this subconscious belief that we're not worth much and and unless we heal this trauma that's exactly what we get uh when i ask women um you know you know from my story of you know manifesting well i don't love the word manifesting uh, my partner <laughs> i don't know what exactly happened he we met okay so we met but he, but he up. matched my he showed up i showed up
1: Yes, and right.
0: he matched my non-negotiables. And then a woman wanted me to talk about that. And I would talk about that. And then I would ask women, well, why are your non-negotiables? And she would say something like, well, I want him to be available and uh, have a job. Mm-hmm. And I would be <laughs> like, oh, so basically if he has a pulse <laughs> and uh, can get himself home and periodically being vacant, <laughs> that qualifies him, right, to be your partner. So we don't realize how PSD has not only disconnected us from our true desire, but also from our true worth. And from our trauma of not feeling worthy, we, we can't even, you know, articulate what we want <laughs> and mm-hmm. then we get exactly what what we uh we feel we're worth not what we think because again we can think all the right things but mm-hmm. that that deep down tra- buried trauma i hope this makes sense i know i kind of went uh went
1: deep and a little dark there <laughs> no it makes perfect sense it's um i totally totally resonate and i have seen it both in my own life and in the women that I've encountered. And I remember one woman who was coming out of a very long marriage and probably close to 40 years, and she and her husband were away on a vacation, and her husband said, you know, I don't think I love you anymore, and I think I want a divorce, but I'm not sure uh, wow. Not sure if it's so good for my career. That was really what was behind oh. it, and uh, and I'll get back to you. And this was it was so traumatizing. And she yes. called me, and she was devastated. And I said, "What do you want?" And she had never asked herself that question. And mm. so that began a long journey into wow. what do I want? And yeah. I like to I like to have my clients ask, "What would I love?" You know, what would What would fill me up? What would I love? And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when you get into the habit of asking yourself, what would bring me joy? What would I love? Instead of what can I do to make somebody else happy? What can I do to conform, to give up Mm -hmm. myself so that I can fit in? I mean, this is how most of us are in our lives. And, Mm -hmm. boy, when you start coming from that other place, everything shifts for the better.
0: Everything shifts. Exactly. And it's not our fault that we're in that place, but it is our choice now that we're aware to start asking ourselves these questions that may be completely new. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so fascinating. I, I, my whole journey post-divorce was finding the me that got buried and, and was hiding. And I realized mm-hmm. that all my life I was afraid to speak on a stage. And, um, and I think I told mm-hmm. a little bit of this story on your show. Mm-hmm. But I, I always saw myself as the shy girl because that's mm-hmm. what I was told. You're shy. And yeah. actually in kindergarten, I think, I was taken to a psychologist or first grade because I wasn't raising my hand in class and I wasn't speaking up at all. And... Wow. The, the, the doctor checked me out. I was fine. I was just the shy girl. And years later, I mean, probably in the last 10 years, I realized it had nothing to do with being shy. It had to do with fear mm-hmm. of being judged. Yeah. And if I yeah. wasn't going to get it perfect, I didn't want to open my mm. mouth. And mm-hmm. this is something that so many of us have this need for perfection, which is so not yeah. in alignment with our truth. But it's also a trauma
0: adaptation because it's, if you get it wrong, then your worthlessness is on display, then your worthlessness is proven. and, And this core wound is activated. So your defenses or your adaptations were absolutely brilliant. They were absolutely (laughs) brilliant. You were flying under the radar. You were not risking it. And when you became empowered enough to take a look at it and heal this trauma and then step up and find your voice,
1: then the game changed. Yeah. And now it's my absolute passion to help others find theirs. (laughs) So just in the same way that you have helped others once you woke up from the dead. (laughs) yeah <laughs> um, and found your aliveness I mean it is it's so inspirational that you now help people break out of p s d jail and uh I think it's just it's wonderful so thank you so much Valerie, thank for you. for coming on the show and I always like to ask one last question, which is um if you were to give our audience one tip on how to go on their last first date, what would it be? Oh,
0: for how to go on their last first date. So a tip mm-hmm. that would help them
1: make it the last date? Yeah, the last the last first date. So you're gonna continue the to last, date that partner. Right, the
0: last first date. Okay. Find
1: your partner.
0: <laughs> Finding your partner. So I, I know what worked for me. I know I'm not the only one, and I think this is exactly something we've been talking about this whole conversation today, Sandy, is knowing your desire, knowing what you want, knowing your worth, but embodying your worth, not just knowing it in your mind. That doesn't get us anywhere. Embodying your worth and being able to bring it to that date. So your desire is embodied. You know exactly what you're looking for. So you don't need to contort yourself, oh, well, he's not quite that, but maybe maybe that's as good as it gets for me right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe there are no better candidates. No, screw that. Know your desire, (laughs) embody it. Know your worth, embody it. And show up like the goddess that you are. And remember that a man... Uh, if we're talking about a heterosexual situation, he is there to serve you. He wants to serve you. He wants to worship you because that's that's a big part of the meaning of his existence, which mm-hmm. we which patriarchy made us completely forget. So give him the honor. Mm-hmm of uh, being able to serve you, but you need to be the leader of that. You need to be able to articulate exactly how you need him to show up for you. So mm-hmm. um, my love, uh, this, this is my big desire for you and my vision for you, and I know you can get there.
1: Mm, I love it. I love screw as good as it gets. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: so, it's such a beautiful, beautiful wish. Um, and it's possible. This is no like pie in the sky. You did it. Many, many other women have done it. And it is possible. So please don't give up That's hope. Great. And yeah. So thank you so much, Valerie. And we can send people to hersuccessradio.com where you have your show. And oh, Dr. Yeah. Valerie, thank so, you. if you want to send them there too. I'll put yeah. all in the show notes. Oh, perfect, perfect. Okay. They get their free training on PSD. So thank you. Thank you for doing this beautiful work in this world and for being you.
0: Mm. And you, Sandy. And I also want to mention to our listeners that I am accessible by email. I actually read every email I receive. So if you Mm. want to share any aha from the show today with me directly, Um, do so or if you want to share a glimpse into your story or if you want it privately with me I'm available for that Valerie at drvalerie.com V-A-L-E-R-I-E will take you straight into my inbox
1: Awesome, well that's very generous of you because a lot of people are not accessible Um, so I'll (laughs) put that in the show notes as well so thank you so much and Thank um, thank you everyone Thanks for joining us today, and if you love our show, please go and give us a rating and a review and subscribe so that you don't miss another show. It really helps us to reach more people when you rate and review the show. Um, so that's it for today. I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great one.